So I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs come and go and they'll say stuff like, oh, this isn't working. And I'm like, how long have you tried it? Right. Five weeks or three weeks. So yeah. most people give up too soon. Another thing I would say is you have to remember there's a really thin line between success and failure. Mm -hmm. So you can do something over and over and not have success. And then if you keep making adjustments, you might have success and realize. That is Jason Wright. He is the CEO of Intentionally Inspirational. And what he's talking about is the journey he understands all too well what it really takes to make it as an entrepreneur. And he's done it in a very specific market with the real estate investors nurturing their leads, leveraging active campaign to close more deals. Now you're listening to the CloseTheDeal.com podcast, and I'm your host, Yule Smith. Now let's begin the show. Jason, I want to welcome you to the CloseTheDeal.com podcast. I know you're based in Indianapolis. And my first question to you is I love connecting with people. My background is promoting seafood and going to great restaurants, helping work with chefs. If you had a big client coming to visit you that, that was big enough to make the trip, get on a plane to come visit you, yeah. where would you take them to close the deal? Where would you take them to dinner? Interesting. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Excited to be here. I would find out what they like to eat. Yes, we can see food downtown Indy's got a, a bunch of great choices. So does the north side. If they golf, live on a golf course, we could golf. They like to shoot, we go to the shooting range. So you do a combination of those things as well. If they like cigars, we go to cigar bars. There so, you go. That's a good I'm answer. I would have somebody on my team do a little research and figure out what they were into. And uh, we've got all kinds of good options for all those things there. So now, what about steak? If I, let's say I was flying and I said steak, where would you take me? I'd probably take you to Ruth's Chris or St. Elmo's downtown. All right. Or to go wrong with those. You're doing good because Ruth's Chris started in New Orleans. They're <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Boy, ribeye is one of my favorites. So. Oh, man. It's, it's good stuff. All right. This is one of my favorite questions to ask. I love asking people, what are you grateful for? Maybe something from the past or something from today that's helped you get you where you are today. Yeah. That's going to sound weird, but I'm grateful for the struggle. I say that because this, when you struggle and when you're in pain and when things are going well in business, it gives you perspective. It makes you resilient. It makes you figure it out. So nothing keeps you moving like a flame under your butt. We've been in this business seven and a half years. My wife and I talk about this all the time, but first three years were pretty rough, pretty rough financially. I couldn't tell anybody what I was doing. I couldn't explain it at all. I had no elevator pitch. It's very difficult to explain because I didn't really know, but that struggle has led us to a much more predictable place of success now. So a lot of times when I see somebody who's handed the keys to a business, mm -hmm. or went through that struggle, and they're not the same level of entrepreneur at all. Yeah, I'm grateful for it, man. I like that. That brings me to, obviously, through those struggles, you learn, you picked up some things, and you saw an opportunity through that. And that opportunity is the problem that you solve today. Yep. What is the problem that you solve? And then how do you get there? And then we can talk about the solution, how you help people today. Yeah, the problem that I solve, it's, it's for the, we'll talk about the client business I have, intentionally inspirational as a name, but we're a very niche business. We help real estate investors with the back end of their sales funnel. So it's specifically that 
campaign. So a lot of people in this industry aren't using any marketing automation, try to nurture new investors. They're not using marketing automation to raise capital for their deals. So using legal pads and post-it notes and a bunch of old school things. So there's a, a massive need for what we do in that industry. Is that how you started your business in that direction? Did you come out the gate with that? How no, you- that's about five pivots over the last seven and a half years. We started off helping people with anything in digital marketing, okay. whoever would pay me. So it's very broad mm-hmm. starting off, obviously lots of competition, lots of price competition. So uh, we actually got started with Upwork. I was learning marketing for myself, trying to get my blog out there. Thought I was going to be an inspirational, like a motivational speaker. That's how the business got its name. I started noticing people searching for help and the things I had just learned. So it started very broad, very competitive, very tough to get traction. Now, what brought you to the active campaign? So people know what that is. That's email. Yep. Marketing automation and CRM. Now, do you help them plug into a funnel system or you just, or do you strictly use the email or are you integrating with funnel systems as well? Yeah. So we just do the back end of the funnel. So what happens after people join your email list, we don't do any landing page design anymore, no paid track. We basically have a templatized offer where we uh-huh. plug people in, we train them how to use it. We guarantee it for life, et cetera, et cetera. And it's for one specific industry. So again, from where I started to where we are has niched down a lot over time, but mm-hmm. that's how narrow it is now. Now, how did you land on real estate? Did we, when you started, were you servicing every industry you could get your hand on? Oh, yeah. Or, and then how did you narrow down to real estate? Yeah, and so it started off, I need money, right? So I'll work with anybody that'll pay me. And then what you find is once you get busy enough, you're like, man, my life sucks. All I do is work. So how do I get my time back? Hmm. I started to see the correlation between terrible clients and low pay rates. So hmm. I was like, I'm going to keep raising my rates till most of these people go away. And when people ask for discounts, say no and move on. And then or so then I was like, okay, how do I focus on industries that have a lot of money? I worked with dentists and then I worked with some other industries. And then I had a couple real estate investor clients, which I really didn't understand what that was. And uh, I didn't, there was nothing special about it to me at the time, but I met one in particular about three years ago, real successful guy. I had a growing mastermind. Ben introduced me, to, introduced me to this world and said, hey, if you want to be the active campaign guy, he said, a lot of people in our industry use active campaign. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to educate anybody there. He said, nobody's filling this void. So with what you're doing, you may consider making this your niche and owning it. And that's what I did. So oh, wow. it was a journey. It was never the plan. It was a happy accident. The whole business has been a happy accident. So I never planned to quit corporate twice and start a marketing company. Give us a little bit about it, your background. I know a little bit about it. And by the way, for the listeners, you are the first uh, podcaster. So we'll have to talk about that too. Sure. That I've ever, somebody else who has a podcast show that I've ever interviewed. Yeah. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background that led you to this point to say, okay. And then there was a, I would say a a light bulb went off or we flipped the switch and made you say, okay, I'm going to enough of the corporate stuff. I'm going into my own business. Sure. Yeah. So the real backstory began when I was 14. My obsession in life was fishing back then, right? Mm -hmm. So every year we'd get the new Bass Pro Shop catalogs and say, hey, mom, here's the new tackle I need. Here's the lures I need. And at a point she was like, you have more stuff than anybody that I know that's an adult. So I'm not buying you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's unacceptable. I need more. She's 
go get your own job and earn it. I'm like, oh. So it's like, what can I do that requires no driving and I can make money right now? So we lived in a cul-de-sac and I had three neighbors that never took care of their lawn. So I knocked on three doors and said, hey, can I cut your grass for mm-hmm. five bucks a week? And they all say yes. So I made 75 bucks a week tax-free and was able to feed my obsession. So I got that taste of earning my own dollar very young. Fast forward, getting out of high school. The first job out of high school, I was changing oil at Indy Lube, which is like a Jiffy Lube. Six bucks an hour, the work sucked. So again, I quitted, started mowing grass, uh, built up a landscaping company for about seven years through college, and then eventually decided to shut it down so I could finish school because it got too big. It was like one or the other. So my parents always taught me the only path is degree in corporate America and going better. I heard the same thing. Go ahead. <laughs> so I got seven years into corporate. I was doing HR sales and some safety. And I just reached a point where I was like, I'm working for family owned businesses where people were entrepreneurs and built these. I don't want to work for anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't have any creative freedom. I'm never going to be happy with the roles. I get bored too quick. I want to own my process. I quit corporate the first time. I tried to start a neighborhood magazine, which I never really was a big fan of, but my wife was like, okay, let's try it. And in about three months, I ran out of money and had to ask my mom's sister to help us pay the mortgage and buy food. Had to go back to corporate because that's the struggle. Oh yeah. It was really embarrassing and had to sell a bunch of guns and outdoor stuff. I'm a big hunter just to pay the bills. And I was like, this isn't working. So I had to go back to corporate and I did that for about 18 months, but while I was there, I kept working on this business and I started to get some traction on Upwork with the marketing stuff. It was like consistent money monthly. It was part-time. And eventually my wife was like, I was doing mortgages at the end. She was like, your part-time money is a little bit better than full-time. Let's let you quit again and let's try this thing that's already working. So mm-hmm. that was five years ago this month, ironically, almost to the day. And it's been, we've never looked. Could I ever work for anybody again? No, I couldn't even take it yeah. seriously at all. It's been a fun, fun ride. So explain a little bit more how you help people, because some people may not be familiar with Active Campaign. They may not sure. be familiar with the sales funnel in, in the way yep. that it works. Yep. In what part of the sale? I know it's a very specific area of that you help people. Lay that out a little bit for the people. Yeah, so the way I teach a sales funnel is in three simple pieces, right? The first piece is what we call traffic. It's grabbing attention online or offline and pointing it somewhere online. Mm-hmm. So examples could be social media, podcasts, in-person networking, et cetera. Okay? Mm-hmm. Second piece is what we call the front end. And these are the pages that people actually interact with, landing pages, web pages, et cetera. And the final piece is the back end. That's what we do. Let me hop in here. This episode is being brought to you by FranchiseAndFunding.com. If you are trying to figure out what the next step of your journey may be, it may include a franchise. If you've always had that desire, that itch, you want to scratch that itch to start your own business, a franchise may be your answer. And you've got options. Check out FranchiseAndFunding.com. Franchiseandfunding.com. What happens after people join your email list? Mm-hmm. Do you have a website and somebody opts in and nothing happens? Is a website actually helpful? Mm-hmm. Really? So mm-hmm. we focus on setting up pipelines and automations that help nurture, help close deals, and help maintain the relationships with 
someone's list. And we just do it in a very specific industry in one specific platform. Gotcha. So how does the, I'm going to ask you this question. This is how does the marketer market his business? How do you get your business today? Let me go back. When you got started doing this and then let's talk about where it is today. Yeah. So when I got started, Upwork is a platform that I learned quickly. It's the world's largest freelance marketplace. I was initially competing with the masses, right? Everybody's starting off. And I figured out quickly, if I can get five-star reviews and get a ton of them, I'll become top rated. So then I start competing with a smaller group of people. If I get good enough in that category, I will fall into the invitation-only crowd. So there's another side of Upwork that you don't see publicly. And I just would tell every client, hey... I'm going to work until I earn a five-star review, no matter what it takes. I don't care how much time it takes. And I made that my focus. And once it got to the point where I was invitation only, there's actually really good money and really good clients there. Reputation, word of mouth, testimonials is what drove business. And it's really no different today. I don't use Upwork today. It is word of mouth. We've got a a hell of a name in our industry. Mm -hmm. I speak. I attend events in a big mastermind in the industry. So it's the same principles, taking care of people and word of mouth. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Obviously you've got LinkedIn, Facebook, and a very specific podcast as well that help. When you were doing the Upwork, how many to get to the part where you were the elite level, how many five stars did you have to get put together to make that? Yeah, when I got to a hundred plus is when wow. we started to murder it pretty good. So we easily could build a, or we easily did build a six figure business just from Upwork that first wow. year. Were you working solo and are you working solo today? No, I was working solo and now today there's, uh, there's eight of us. So I wow. pretty much handle sales. I really don't do any fulfillment. I do maybe 2% of our customer service. I train the team, I get the team, with the team what they need and I do our marketing. So building the fulfillment team, which is US-based, the customer service team, which is US-based, has been difficult, but we are humming and purring at a really high level with mouth. Word of mouth, of course, that's the best form of marketing there is. Obviously, you have someone on your team reaching out and you found us. And I love the fact that the real estate guru found closethedeal.com. I appreciate that. That's intentional. What other intentional activities do you take? Do you use digital marketing yourself? To we use uh, everything we do is organic. We've got a, a Facebook group that again is filled with our dream clients. So we will use paid ads from Facebook to drive more members into that group. Mm-hmm. The podcast has a great marketing strategy, and that will help with the client side of the business and the investment side of the business as well. Um, the outreach that we do to shows like yours is very focused as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got a team member that helps with that. Yeah. Everything we do is focused on getting us in front of dream clients, whether it's for clients out of the business, the investment business, or even the coaching. Let me ask you this question. You've done all these things that work. What hasn't worked? What sure. things would you never do again? What yeah. mistakes? And I'm borrowing a little bit from your playbook here is what mistakes have you made that you advise people not to do? Yeah, I made a bunch. One is giving up too early. So I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs come and go. 
And they'll say stuff like, oh, this isn't working. And I'm like, how long have you tried it? Right. Five weeks or three weeks. So yeah. most people give up too soon. Another thing I would say is you have to remember there's a really thin line between success and failure. Mm-hmm. So you can do something over and over and not have success. And then if you keep making adjustments, you might have success and realize, oh man, all I did is change one word. All I did is change one piece of this offer. Now all of a sudden people notice it. So mm-hmm. that's another thing. In regards to marketing, I wouldn't do paid ads until you've got a really good offer that's selling well. Our revenue now, we could definitely do paid ads, but we're still not. And uh, I think most people try to do them way too soon and they end up throwing a bunch of money away. So finding an offer that stands out, listening to the people that do hire you and saying, how can I make this better? Simple stuff like that goes a long way. You've established yourself as an expert. How many hundreds of clients? I've probably worked in 500 accounts just with active campaigns. So I've worked with a bunch. Real okay. estate specifically, we're right around 100 right now. You're crafting that niche for sure. Oh, you yeah. Know. The biggest challenge you've had, what is that been? It's interesting. It changes. So once upon a time, it's how do we stand out? How do we find an industry where there's no competition? The other piece is how do I get myself out of the day to day? We used to do custom work only because custom work was where the money is. The problem is I can't teach that. It's not scalable. So I actually had to go the other way and go, what do most people need as far as that's foundational that I can train a team to fulfill and answer questions to? So when it comes to scaling, the challenge has changed. Fulfillment was the biggest problem for a long time. Then as recently as this year, customer service was a monster because everybody tried to come to me. So I've had to create layers so that you can't get to me from the outside. You got to go through a few people to get to me unless you're in my inner circle, people that I know really well. So the challenges change, but right now it's just uh, getting more leads. Our offer's great. Our product's great. We already know it's going to sell, so we just need to get in front of more people. So it changes. What is the vision for the business going forward? Yeah, For this business, it's to keep impacting as many clients as we can. With a name like Intentionally Inspirational, it allows us to go a couple different ways, but just become an absolute industry thought leader with what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, be that marketing thought leader in the real estate investment space, and then use that to grow our other company, Wind River Equity Partners, and grow the coaching side of this business as well. So just keep doing what we're doing on a larger level. All right. Yep. That's a great place to button up. I want to ask you, where can people find you? Talk about a couple of your services. Obviously, we're going to focus on the active campaign because that's your especially, but you also, you mentioned a couple other things that might be of interest to folks. Yep. So intentionallyinspirational.com, my front porch is the best place to go to see everything that we're doing. Mm -hmm. You can get to our other business from that site, which is Wind River Equity Partners. We work with active capital or sorry, passive investors on a short-term rental fund that we're setting up. We also have a coaching program. So if you're a, a high ticket, digital marketing agency owner like me, and you're stuck at a certain income level and want to scale, we've got a coaching program to show you how to do that very well. Jason, I appreciate your time. This is very helpful information. I think it's going to be helpful to people trying to figure out how to even get started in the business, what you do. And that's what this audience appreciates. Thank you. And great meeting you, Jason. I look forward to working with you more. Yeah, great meeting you as well. That's a wrap with Jason Wright. I want to thank you for taking the time to be part of our community, listening to our show and stories like Jason's. 
he pulled back the covers because it's not an easy journey starting your business. And he, but he found his very specific niche and that's what made the difference for him. And he continues to pursue his other passions as well, helping people, coaching others. So very grateful for Jason and also very grateful for you to be part of this show and part of our journey as we grow closethedeal.com and the podcast that we're serving you with. Now, you know the drill, be intentional. I love the name of his company, Intentionally Inspirational. Well, I want to close with you being intentional and making this a great day. By the way, the next episodes are going to video. So we're making some changes as well. We're evolving and we will continue to grow and we're glad you're part of it. Thank you.